0: This. I left like the city. I've been browsing. Treading water, that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah, it's only really my surroundings. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode forty-one of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at dynasty underscore dadff. We're excited. We got a great guest on here, but we have a full house of all of our Smash Except crew. You know, and we all know the the classic full house jam. I'm I'm going to be the Bob Saget of the group, but the guy I want to introduce first is Uncle Jesse. Jesse, welcome yeah. back to the podcast. <laughs> You know, a little, <laughs> nothing like some cheesy dad humor, some full house. Jesse, how you been?
2: Dude, I just wish I was as good looking as John Stamos, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're a lot taller and you got the beard going there. We found out beforehand. Right. We found out. How, why don't you tell the listeners how big you are?
2: Yeah, six, 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 seven. Yep. Yeah. Big guy for sure.
1: Yeah. What you been up my, to, man? My son,
2: he's a little monster, man. Uh, nothing, man. Just trying. I've been working a lot. I, I went to night shift now. So kind of adjusting to that, you know, taking a little bit of time off with the off season, and then trying to, you know, get get myself situated with all the rookies and and everything, keeping up with Twitter and all you guys. So, yeah, man, it's been great. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of re- revamping and recharging the batteries a little bit here and uh, chopping up with the smash except boys. You yeah, know, it's always fun.
1: Love it. Love it. Speaking of rookies, Mung, I saw your uh, your your top 12 rookies dropped on fan tracks today big news, man.
3: Yeah, they sure did. Uh, My second round will be coming out early next week. I've got a fun Star Wars themed fantasy article coming out on Friday. So if you guys are interested, check that out. But I feel old. I mean, to kids these days even really know full house. I feel like Elizabeth Olsen at this point is known for Avengers and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, that kind of hurts a little bit, you know, just trying to date me here again, a little bit mung, but I'm going to introduce you to one of our, our older dads here to bring it back down. John, what's going on, my man?
0: Hey, what's happening, everybody? Yeah, I, I think we immediately lost a couple of listeners when you threw the full house on there, but that's yeah. all right. Um, no, it, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll numbers... bring it back with our guest here. Yeah. Doing well. I, You know, Rookie Fever is still at, you know, at, at its peak right now for me, but it's still just kind of trying to lock in on my pre-NFL draft rankings and I think that's really really important not just for the rookies but also post free agency and, and get a good view on, on things before the NFL makes its impact so I'm, I'm getting close to doing that and feeling pretty good about it definitely looking it forward we got bringing bringing some noise here we got some really strong big 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 personalities in, in the case of Jesse so looking forward to it tonight Mike
1: yeah, a lot of uh, you know, awesome news right now. The biggest one obviously is Sam Darnold getting traded. And I don't know if you guys saw that, but he threw a party last night just to celebrate, you know, leaving New York. I'm throwing a party tonight just by having this guy on the podcast. I mean, what he's been able to do over the last couple months is is fantastic. I mean, he's been on the show before, so you guys recognize him. He's basically everywhere right now, you know, with football guys, with fantasy pros. He was I tried to talk to him a little bit and he's like, ah, I'm just doing that, you know, a little podcast and a little writing and Everyone seems to be getting kluge around here.
4: Dave Klugie. how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Appreciate you having me back on. This was, uh, I was looking at this crew today, and the only guy we're missing is Mark, you know, the, from the first show that I did with you guys when we had everybody. So, stoked to be back here. Always have a great time with the Smash Accept crew.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was when we did the Smashies, you know what I mean? I tried to break yep. out some of that humor again with the Full House. Wasn't quite as good, you know, as the Smashies. We got Cooter Doodles already saying Dave is the GOAT. I mean, we got all kinds of people tuning in just to listen to what you have to say. Why don't you tell people what you have going on? I mean, your your story and and what you've been able to do over the last year. I mean, that whole term "cluggy," you are everywhere. So why don't you tell the listeners, you know, what you have going on and and uh, you know how things have have been progressing for you?
4: Well, you know, uh, I, I started in the industry about a year and a half ago, and I was just doing it kind of on the side with my job, and I was making a little bit of money here, but you know, it wasn't really something that was growing. I was just you know working in my free time. And then, uh, you know, luckily I had this support of my wife and I said, Hey, I think the only way I'm really going to grow in this industry is if I just quit my job and fully committed to it. So I got to be, you know, writing, podcasting, doing something every single day. And, and she was supportive of it. So I left my job a while back, just kind of dove headfirst into the industry. And, uh, now, now I'm with football guys and, and kind of found my, found my path in the industry. So it's been a lot of fun to grow.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you can see in the group, I mean, we have. For whom the bell tolls and Swagman ninety five. Everybody's talking about getting hashtag clugied, so we're gonna to try to keep you know getting that getting that trending here. Um, but tonight's episode is gonna be our fantasy, you know, free agent fill in the blanks. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of just I'm gonna give you guys a fill in the blank. I want you guys to kind of answer them and see what you know your best assessment is. So obviously the recent news of Sam Darnold trade from the New York Jets obviously to Carolina. Now we're going to talk about the New York Jets will now select blank and Sam Darnold will go on to have a top blank QB season. Dave, you're our guest. Why don't you start out with this? Who do you think the Jets take? It seems all but all but certain right now. So when we put the notes out, it was a little bit different. And where do we think Sam Darnold finishes up?
4: Yeah, I don't even think I need to talk about it too much because it seems like it's a guarantee that Zach Wilson's going to New York at this point, point. Um, and I've got Darnold slated in to be a top 15 quarterback, which, you know, isn't really saying too much, but it's still a little bit of an improvement from where he finished last year as QB 19, so I don't think that Darnold is a massive upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater, but he's a little bit better, and the return of Christian McCaffrey should help the entire offense out. The one really interesting thing to me is that Robbie Anderson is coming off his best season ever the first year that he played without Sam Darnold. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to keep that pace going from what we saw with his breakout season in 2020. Um, A lot of people are already kind of using that as an argument to say that Bridgewater is better than Darnold because, you know, Robbie Anderson had a better season without him. I don't really believe it, though. So um, I I don't know if it was getting out from under Adam Gase's shadow, linking up with Joe Brady, or a combination of both, but uh, I think that we've seen a lot of players – that have gone away from Adam Gase and had great careers. So I'm expecting one of Sam Darnold's better years in 2021.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Justin just enders he's now 23 years old. You know, he's a he, former number three overall pick. Goes from having an offensive where he had bottom two in every single thing, but from offensive lines to wide receivers to running backs. You were, I was kind of, I had 15 written down as well. You know, that's exactly where I have him. John, we've talked about Sam Darnold in the past, you know, about the talent he has there. Where do you see him? We're all pretty much in agreement that it's going to be Wilson at two, but where do you see Sam Darnold finishing this season?
0: Yeah, and I, I'm kind of in that mid QB2 range. I had him like 17, 18. So I think we're, we're pretty close here. I definitely think clear upgrade over Teddy B, no question there. Getting out of the gate system. He's still very young. He still really has all the tools. Reason he was such a high draft pick. And I actually I do think it's good for DJ Moore and and certainly Robbie Anderson and and the experience they had together in New York, I think is good. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's also interesting. This this landing spot for Darnold landing in Carolina kind of means that there's gonna be yet another team that's gonna get their rookie QB because remember, we had Carolina kind of pegged to maybe take one there. So now it means, and I hate to say this. Mike, because I I know you're a Drew Luck guy, but it could mean somebody like Denver now trades up with Atlanta or gets Fields or Lance following there. Dave would love to see maybe Chicago trade up and get in the mix there, um, and add some competition for the Red Rifle there in Chicago. Um, But I think that's also kind of another ripple effect from this Darnold signing here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dave, you gotta you gotta look at when when the Bears put their publicity thing out there. Now they're saying he's a, gonna be their starter, but when they first made the move, they put Andy Dalton QB one, and just those numbers that you know that name and the, that that designation don't really go well there. I mean, obviously, what what are you thinking here in Chicago right now? I mean, obviously, you got the Bears helmet there behind you. Before we move over to Jesse and talk about a, DJ More Love, talk to us a little bit about the Bears.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I don't really like what they're doing here, especially. And I know uh, Mung is also a, a Bears fan, right? And uh, so it's it's something I'm not too crazy about. And everyone makes the argument saying, well, you know, it's only $10 million. But really what it is, is it's $18 million for Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. You know, we weren't able to offload that contract. So it, it's not just a $10 million contract. We have a lot of money tied up in a quarterback's position without even a guaranteed quarterback. So it's not something that I'm really too thrilled about. Um, still, uh, you know, the one thing that you can guarantee on is Allen Robinson still getting 150 targets and a thousand yards. Uh, you know, he's, he's been able to, whether it's Matt McGloin, it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball to him, he's going to produce. So I think that Allen Robinson is still locked in as a wide receiver one. Uh, and you know, Andy Dalton, I don't even think that he's got much use in a super flex league at this point. you, You can throw the, throw a dart at him late in the round and, and, and one of the later rounds and hope something happens, but I'm not expecting too much from Dalton.
1: I like that. Jesse, DJ Moore, you and I have been talking about him for a long time. You know, he's still just 23 years old. Fill in the blank. DJ Moore should be ranked as a top blank wide receiver given the offensive minds and the potential quarterback upgrade here in Carolina.
2: Yeah, I like him in the uh, low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two in Dynasty. Um, You know, like you said, he's still uh, 23 years old. Um, Last year was interesting, though, because him and – Robbie Anderson kind of switched roles. You thought Robbie Anderson was going to be downfield threat. You know, um, uh, DJ Moore would be my kind of the short intermediate, you know, run after the catch. And they used him kind of as a downfield threat. He was um, – one thing we want to see Sam Darno um, help was his – he had a 56% catch rate. You got to see that jump up for DJ Moore, Um, you know, and that's going to hopefully help his production because you don't know if his targets are going to go up from 118. So. You know, you kind of just hope that, you know, Darno's a little bit more um, accurate with his throws, and, you know, that helps. And DJ Moore got to clean up the drops because he had 10 last year. So hopefully, you know, those things kind of go hand in hand, and that kind of keeps him in that high-end, uh, you know, wide receiver two range. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the guy, but, you know, there's there's a lot of mouths to feed over there. And, um, you know, we are expecting a kind of big jump from Darno. So hopefully, you know, all of those things kind of, you know, play well for DJ Moore.
1: I love it. Mung, you get the role now to tie it all together. Talk to us a little bit about what you think Darnold's able to do this year and the rest of that Carolina offense. I mean, let's just bring it all together. I mean, what does this mean for Anderson? What does this mean for DJ Moore? What does this mean for McCaffrey?
3: Well, I know I'm usually the uh, person who stomps on, you know, rains on your parade, but I I don't really have a a hot take here. I think, uh, you know, Darnold is a mid-range QB2 where you guys pegged him is pretty accurate for me as well. And the thing with DJ Moore is I like him a lot, but in redraft, I think that there's going to be a lot of value with Robbie Anderson because he actually outproduced Moore last year. And if those roles stay fairly similar, I think right now I'm in the middle of a best ball draft and there's about a two-round gap between where Moore is going in the fourth, fifth round and where Anderson is going towards the seventh, eighth round. And I think there's going to be some value to take there. And of course, not much to say about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's still the locked-in number one running back for me.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, bringing Redraft in there. I mean, when you look at Dynasty, the last draft that I did, D.J. Moore went in the early third, and Robbie Anderson was still available in that eighth, ninth, tenth round in the in the drafts that I've been doing. So big discrepancy there and still pretty young in, a, in his own mind. Anyone else have anything they want to add to the Carolina situation before we move on to another QB change?
0: Mike, right, I, I got something I think that we need to get out of the way here on this pod. Dave, can we get a definition for Klugeed, getting Klu- Klugeed? Help us out with this. I, I know our listeners are getting Man, Klugeed uh, as we speak, right? So help help, us, help the listeners
1: and, a little. And make it easy. We have a lot of dads on here. And I, when I said Klugeed in the beginning, you know, they, they got a little, what, what's <laughs> going on here?
4: Man, I, I wish I could even tell you. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, Open Bar podcast or not, but uh, J. Mike and Gabe FF Man Bun. Those guys are just wild. It was uh, one of the weirdest shows I've ever been on, but we had an absolute blast. You know, it ran for over two hours straight, drinks were flowing, and it just started this. How do you say your last name? You know, is it Kluge? Is it Kluge? Is it Clug? Nobody really knows how to say it. And then it just kind of took this life of its own there. Uh, I, I'd recommend checking out the show. It was kind of a running joke, and it just kind of stuck from there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't even know. It, you know, Kluge means whatever you want it to mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and when John and I were talking. We might even throw it in there more for uh, some of the old school Disturbed fans to get Klugified, you know, on the show I like tonight that too. and it up a little bit. So let's
0: see if we can get it like, trending right now. All right, listeners, let's see we're Klugified. Let's get it trending on Twitter. Go.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, the next guy we're going to talk about who's who's been trending on Twitter before Ryan Fitzpatrick now moves over to the Washington football team. So now we have Terry McLaurin who has had some fantastic finishes, finished as well as. Uh, wide receiver 12 this past season just has been on the fringe, right, of breaking down. Now with the Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, a little bit of that Fitz magic going on. 2021, Terry McLaurin will finish as the wide receiver blank. Dave. Uh,
4: Yeah, I've got him at the wide receiver 14. And I know that seems like a uh, kind of a, a, a weird number to point it at. But that's right now what his expert consensus ranking is. And I did a deep dive on Terry McLaurin for the last week and I wanted to know, you know, is he overvalued? Is he undervalued? And what I found is that he is pretty accurately valued for what he should put up. I feel like the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing absolutely elevates his value and helps him out a lot. But then you've got the Curtis Samuel signing that's going to cut into his target share a little bit. So um, I I just wrote this article that came out this morning on Fantasy Bros. But what I did is I looked back at Ryan Fitzpatrick's career and wide receiver ones that he's played with. Now, he's only had eight seasons where he's played 10 or more games as the starter. In those seasons, his wide receiver one has averaged 84 receptions, 1,079 yards, and 7.1 touchdowns per 16 games. That is almost, you know, except for the touchdowns, but that's almost exactly what Terry McLaurin put up last year. So that's, you know, that's kind of what I'd expect. And then you've got Curtis Samuel coming into the mix. And like I said, that's going to affect his value a little bit as well. Uh, Curtis Samuel seen 202 targets over the last two seasons last year, Terry McLaurin saw 134 targets and the rest of the wide receivers in Washington combined for 162. So Terry McLaurin on his own, almost out targeted the entire rest of the wide receiver core. So it's a weird situation. Um, You can't deny the upside. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to press the ball downfield a lot more than we saw Alex Smith or, or Kyle Allen or any of these other six quarterbacks that McLaurin has played with over the last couple of years. Uh, so the the upside is undeniable you know he could absolutely finish as a top three receiver but I think it would be crazy to ignore the risk there so I think that drafting him as a wide receiver one is silly you know I'm not taking him over guys like Allen Robinson Keenan Allen Amari Cooper I think that he's going to finish as a top end wide receiver two, and that's about where he should be drafted
1: and that that's great analysis because it's like it feels like He's a back end wide receiver one when it comes to dynasty and when it comes to redraft. You know he's a he's a high end wide receiver two that you might be able to get a little bit later than some of these other wide receiver two. So that's that's great analysis there, Mung. We're gonna go to you now since we went to you last. You know we got this full house thing going on. You know I'm not gonna play the the theme song again. But Mung, Terry McLaurin finishes as the wide receiver blank in 2021.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say 15. So. I'm pretty spot on with what Dave has. Uh, Again, no hot takes from me just yet on this show. But, uh, you know, when you look at Washington as a team, they were the seventh most pass-heavy team in the league last year. I expect that to change a little bit. They already had a pretty strong defense with their defensive line, of course, Chase Young. But then, you know, this free agency, they go out and they add the top cornerback, William Jackson. So that's going to shore up the secondary a little bit. I do expect them to be a little bit more run-heavy, which is why, John, I know you'll like this on Antonio Gibson heading into 2021. So I don't expect McLaurin to become some elite top five wide receiver and high end wide receiver too. Sounds about right to me.
1: Yeah, I mean Fitzpatrick's just fun to watch in comparison. I mean the story of Alex Smith was fantastic, but the lowest you know a- average of of targets anyone has had in the league, and now we move into. I know Jesse. I know you're a Fitz magic kind of guy. What does he do to Terry McLaurin? And does he put you in? Does he put you into that wide receiver one territory? or Are you agreeing with Dave and Mung? He's that high end wide receiver two.
2: You know, as as a bearded guy, I gotta you know stick with my beard, you know, fellow beard. Um, you know, I like Fitz. Um, I think there's a little misconception that he's like this because he's so fun to watch. You know, we get such a kick out of watching him. He he's good. You, you know, he'll help. The the big thing is. Um, Last year, um, F one's catchable rate was seventy four percent. That's got to come up because I don't think his targets are going to come up. He's competing with the most competition he's had with um, with Logan Thomas, you know, emerging, and then them bringing in Samuel. So his his targets, I don't think, go up from one thirty. His catchable rate got to go up, and then you you're going to get more touchdowns, I think, because he had four last year. So I think that that touchdown goes up to seven. You know, that might help him out. Um, but I think his numbers are pretty much where they're gonna be. Um, personally, uh, I I think you guys have it right on the head. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dynasty. He's a low end one, you know, high end two. I I, I think you guys nailed it. I, I really do.
1: John, we can't talk about Washington without Antonio Gibson, right? We you thought I was gonna talk to you about McLaurin? Thank but you. What, let's get that mandatory Gibson talking. We, we got to. And thank you for that. And and
0: everybody knows I love me Antonio Gibson. I actually love all of this for Gibson. And, you know, sometimes among and I actually agree on stuff. But look, Fitzy's going to be pushing the ball down the field. The whole offense is better. We got Curtis Samuel in tow. I think they add maybe another weapon or two uh, in the draft. There's even some rumors they could go early on a wide receiver. Oh, by the way, that's not going to help F1. But all of this does mean more trips to the red zone, more scoring, probably a little bit faster-paced offense than old offense versus old man Alex Smith, the, the dump-off king, right? And so it, it, we all know that Gibson's going to get the, the goal line, goal to go, and he's just going to get more quality touches there. And so I think we could see scoring up for him and him continue to crank out in what is ultimately a run-heavy offense for the football team.
1: So before the season, and I talk about this all the time, insulated trades or pivot trades. And last year, before the playoffs went in, I traded DeAndre Hopkins for Terry McLaurin and what ended up being the 102. So I'm going to end up getting a super flex league, you know, potentially getting Fields and, and McLaurin. Now, what I want you guys to do is talk about, we've talked about, you know, McLaurin's right where he kind of belongs, but who's a wide receiver? Maybe we should pivot back towards and maybe get some insulated capital, you know, add one of these first round picks or get a, a young up and coming wide receiver who you're willing to move back just slightly to get, um, Let's we'll start with you, John. You know, who's a guy that, if you're not wild about McLaurin, let's say you have him on your roster, and we say, you know, he's in that range. I mean, McLaurin's, what, 20? He's going to be 26 years old, a little bit older, you know, going to get to that age cliff in a year or two. Who's a guy a little bit younger you're willing to move back off of right now?
0: Yeah, we just saw so many quality wide receivers coming out of the draft, and we're just about to see a bunch more. So I'm I'm still collecting rookie picks because this wide receiver class is outstanding. Uh, but, you know, in terms of other younger wide receivers that I'm out trying to get right now. I'd still love to see if you can't get CeeDee Lamb anywhere. I think we're going to talk about T. Higgins some as well. Both those guys looking strong. I think that a value play right now is is also Jerry Judy. We do need to see what Denver does decide to do with QB, but I really like him as a prospect, still very young. Those are some of the guys that stick out to me. And then maybe a guy that's not as – young, but a guy that I am trying to still pivot to, Mike, that I think we're going to come back to, and that's Michael Thomas. Still very yeah. undervalued.
1: A lot of foreshadowing there by, uh, you know, rookie fever, John. Dave, who's a guy that, you know, let's say our listeners aren't wild on Terry McLaurin, you know, we're, we're, we're fairly bullish, but they want to move back. Who's another guy that's in that range that you'd be potentially moving back off of and trying to add a little bit of extra value on?
4: Well, John mentioned him briefly, but uh, Jerry Judy, absolutely. You know, he had a he had all around a pretty good season. He was able to separate. He just couldn't catch the ball. And I think that that's something that's going to come with him. I mean, he's got uh, his, his footwork. He looks like somebody that's been in the NFL for eight years already. He runs clean routes. He's able to get open. He already has that kind of like veteran leadership ability as a rookie so i know that his rookie season was underwhelming but in my opinion that just means that the opportunity to buy him is wide open right now so jared judy's somebody that i'm still going after even after an underwhelming rookie campaign
1: jesse mung anybody you guys want to add to that younger wide receivers you're looking to buy that are slightly less valuable than mccorn right now that you can get a little bit of more on top
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Cortland Sutton. So our first disagreement here, I guess. Um, To me, Drew Locke is unafraid to kind of just chuck it around. And to me, that screams more, uh, you know, beneficiary uh, being Cortland Sutton here. Um, I'm not so sure if the timing routes are Drew Locke's thing. I I know, Mike, you're pretty high on him, but he's been pretty inconsistent up to this point. But I am confident that he's going to chuck it downfield to Cortland Sutton. Um, other guys that you might be able to get, plus a small piece, even uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, if you can flip McLaurin for Ayuk, plus I would certainly consider that. And potentially, you know, slightly older guy Mari Cooper, who never seems to get much love, but if you can get him plus a second for McLaurin, I would certainly do that as well.
1: Yeah. Before I pass it to Jesse, let's. The, people are going to revoke my dynasty analyst mind. They're going to take my my card away completely because you guys keep saying I love Drew Locke. I love Drew Locke at the value. I I've been taking him as my like QB three in all my super flex drafts. All right, let's let's not just say I love Drew Locke. I was all off him last year. Jesse, who's your guy?
2: So as you guys know, Laviska man. Um man. He, he's he's in the tier that I think uh, Brandon Ayuk and uh, you know Jerry Judy are in, but he's getting the biggest quarterback upgrade of anybody with uh, hopefully Trevor Lawrence and he's getting what we think is going to be a great coaching upgrade in urban Meyer. So I'll take LaVisca Chenault. I know some of you guys aren't as bullish on him as I am, but you know, if you can trade F one for, you know, Chenault and you know, late first mid, you know, I mean, dude, you got one Oh two. So, I mean, you know, obviously not going to get one oh two, but maybe, you know, late first, early second. I mean, that's a trade that maybe I pivot to. I, I really like Chenault. I love the outlook in uh, urban Meyer's offense. He fits exactly what urban Meyer wants, you know, run after the catch, you know, bubble screens, you know, slants, um, you know, intermediate routes. That's his, that's his go-to. So I'm, I'm, I'm on Chanel all day. If you would pivot off of McLaren, you know, I think Chanel's a guy that you can kind of lean to.
1: One of the guys that I'm, I'm totally into and I've been buying in the off season And this is the next guy I'm going to move on to after John kind of foreshadowed a little bit T Higgins. Let's say if the Bengals are actually smart and they take the offensive lineman and not chase T Higgins is a top blank dynasty wide receiver. And then on top of that, but in redraft, how close should we be taking T Higgins and Tyler Boyd? So let's start here with, with Dave, Dave, how high up do you have T Higgins in your dynasty rankings? And what kind of discrepancy value-wise are we looking between Higgins and Boyd when it comes to redraft?
4: Yeah, this this might shock you a little bit, but I got T. Higgins as my wide receiver 15 right now in Dynasty. He has all the makings to be an absolute alpha, and he showed it last year. He was great even without Joe Burrow. So uh, with Joe Burrow, he averaged 4.8 receptions, 70 yards, and 0. 0.4 touchdowns per game. Without Joe Burrow, he still averaged that same 4.8 receptions and 0. 0.4 touchdowns per game, and he was still putting up 56 yards per game. So he he can get it done whether it's Burrow or not, and you've got to assume that he's going to put up similar, if not even better numbers in his second year. So I think that he's a great dynasty asset. We already know he's six foot four. He's got blazing speed. He's got good hands. He has all of the makings to be one of those true alpha receivers, which you know you're not seeing with really any of the incoming rookies with the with the size or anything like that. So I'd almost even prefer Higgins over to a lot of the incoming rookies that are coming in right now. Um, as for Boyd, I mean he's just been consistent and you know doesn't really flash all that much uh his 20 2020 campaign wasn't too great but before that he had back-to-back thousand yard seasons um I think Higgins is the much better option in redraft and dynasty Mung already called out the kind of two round difference between the two of them uh I think Boyd can still finish as kind of a low-end wide receiver too but he's not somebody that I'm really going out and targeting I feel like there's other guys in his tier that have much higher ceilings
1: yeah, I mean, that's wide receiver 15 is a fantastic area. You know, that's the second highest anybody that's come on here. Izzy Alkafaz had him as the wide receiver 12. You know, so, I mean, T. Higgins has that type of elite upside. Uh, Mung, T. Higgins is a top blank dynasty wide receiver for you This as far as right now.
3: Uh, I'm not quite as high on him just because, you know, I came out with an article a couple of weeks ago about guys to potentially consider selling in dynasty before the NFL draft. And T. Higgins was one of them because there are a lot of rumors that Cincinnati's interested in reuniting Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow this year at number five overall. That's a direction that they could go. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think the risk is certainly there. So I've got Higgins a little bit lower around wide receiver 20 to 22. Um, Boyd obviously carries that same risk if they were to go in that direction. So I've got him around wide receiver 30. I don't quite see the ceiling for him, uh, even if they do go with an offensive lineman that early in the draft. So I'm a little less bullish on them just because of the risk there. John, same question
1: for you. T. Higgins is a top blank dynasty wide receiver in your rankings.
3: Yeah, I'll split
0: the difference here. I've I've got him as about a mid-wide receiver two range, um, probably 17, 18-ish. And it is because the risk is there. Monk's right. I I know that (laughs) – this question is kind of like splitting the draft community in two right now. Do they take a, the top O lineman? Do they take Jamar Chase or potentially Kyle Pitts if he's there at five? There's there's a lot of smoke building that they might do this, though. Joe Burrow, as you, many of you may have heard, went out and is, is actually pushing to get Jamar Chase and reunite uh, from the LSU days. And you could see it happening. So if, if that does happen, clearly, like target share and. A lot of mouths to feed becomes the big issue for both Boyd and Higgins. And so I think you got to factor that risk in and, and be careful there.
1: Sorry to our Bengals listeners, but if yeah. you know if this if this is a quality organization, they aren't listening to their quarterback who just got injured, who just lost the you know the, the last half of his se- rookie season. <laughs> who yeah. they're investing. Right. You get the tackle to protect the quarterback and let T Higgins, mm-hmm. you know, move up. Jesse, what do you think the Bengals do here? And if, if they don't take Chase, how high do you have T Higgins?
2: They got to go – yeah, they got to go tackle. I mean, it, it only makes sense. You don't want to, you know, uh, David Carrum. you know, get him all gun shy and just – you know, he already had the, the knee injury. We we can't – you got to protect the dude. Um, I, I have Higgins in the 16, 17 range. Um, I think you guys are spot on. I, the only thing I would say is, um, you know, in redraft, maybe you can, you know, uh, pivot off the of Higgins – and then go for Boyd later in the draft. Cause, you know, obviously ceiling isn't that elite upside that, you know, Higgins may have, or that blow up, you know, top five, honestly, um, that Higgins may have. But you're gonna get kind of safe floor with Boyd. You know, he's a good solid, you know, wide receiver, you know, two or three. Um, I kinda like that idea, maybe pivoting a little bit like we were talking about with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. You can kinda do the same thing with um Boyd and uh and Higgins, you know, just pivot off of Higgins and, and go to Boyd. That's only in uh you know, uh, redraft dynasty. It's all system. Go take Higgins, man, and run with him because you know he has that elite upside to so a young, you know, elite quarterback. That's what you kind of want. You know, uh, that's not what you kind of want. It's exactly what you want.
1: <laughs> Tonight's show, we're all about taking people's last names and turning them into verbs. I you mean, know, people are getting card, people are getting klugied. It's all kinds of fun stuff. The next wide receiver who, who definitely, you know, last year. Disappointed everybody, you know, and and Michael Thomas was a huge disappointment. But given from what we've seen from Jameis Winston do in the past, we can expect him to surpass blank catches and rank inside the top blank wide receivers in twenty twenty one. Jesse, I don't feel like I've I haven't started with you on any of them yet. So let what do you what do you like Jameis Winston? If I go to Mung, he's going to just start talking about Taysom Hill and and take it, you know a proverbial dump on Jameis Winston. But I love Jameis Winston just for the fun of it. You know, the fun factor of it. Um, but how many catches do you see Michael Thomas? And where would you rank him in 2021? I, I
2: mean, you gotta lock him into, you know, a top 10 wide receiver if he's healthy, if he has, you know, um Winston. Because Winston had, you know, Godwin playing at a top three level. And he also had um uh Mike Evans producing the thing with um with uh mike thomas though is is a little interesting i'll read this off of you so he had uh you know we we all know that uh sean payton loves Taysom hill so he had if you would have he had four starts with hill he would so have he was mike. on pace for 148 targets 120 catches and 13 yards i mean that's insane those are great numbers for you know him playing with Tayson hill i i mean I think he's locked into a top 10 role. Uh, I really do. I mean, it's hard to kind of pivot off of him there. Uh, Winston was a nice addition just for fantasy value. He, real life, the guy's a, a train wreck. Like you said, you know, he's just kind of fun to watch. And, you know, watch like dumpster fire. But, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm all systems go. You know, he had Godwin produce at, you know, the top five levels. So, yeah, and Michael Thomas should be at that level too.
1: Dave, are you quite, are you that bullish on him? Are we thinking he gets back to anywhere close to where he was, you know, with, with Drew Brees?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm even a little more bullish than Jesse is here. And you guys might think I'm crazy on this one, but I don't see, the, the, there's no reason that we can't expect 125 receptions in a top three finish. Last year was a very weird year for him. He was injured. Drew Brees was injured. But Sean Payton likes to throw the ball. Drew Brees averaged 618 pass attempts per season uh before the last two years when he started to get injured like crazy so michael thomas is the clear-cut wide receiver one Traquan smith marquez calloway no disrespect to those guys but they are not going to really push for any sort of competition so right now this is michael thomas's team uh and i think that he can have another huge huge season the other big thing is that he wasn't getting that a dot he wasn't going down the field and catching balls with drew Brees. he was catching everything across the middle now you got Jameis winston going to improve his ADOT, improve his scoring opportunities. So while well, everyone's starting to kind of fade Michael Thomas, and I, I understand why, you know, there's an emotional aspect of playing fantasy football and he burned a lot of people last year. So I understand why people are fading him. I had zero Michael Thomas shares last year. So I'm going to be all in on him heading into 2021.
1: Speaking of Michael Thomas shares, you know, John, we did the episode last year where we started talking about the trade value of Michael Thomas pop, pop, you know, coming back in after his injury. I bought him up everywhere and I'm hearing from what Dave and Jesse are saying I'm excited to see what he can do this year John how excited are you I mean we we wanted it to happen at the end of last year right he was the guy that was gonna win us some championships when he came back didn't quite happen is he gonna do it this year
0: yeah I'm in I have him as my wide receiver six right now for the 21 season and I do think he can clear 100 receptions I, I definitely see that for all the reasons that Dave just went through He's, he's gonna be a target hog, whether it's famous Jameis or Taysom Hill. And he, he's gonna get a little bit more downfield. I, I could see an uptick in, in touchdowns and in red zone targets as well. So I, I do like where he, he's headed. And I think he is a great buy. And I think it's gonna start to become a bit tougher to buy, but it, it, it's still not too late and I'd get in on it if you can. I've certainly been buying. Um, It's all about the value, of course, but I think it's a good buy.
1: All right, Mung, round it out here for us a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about the quarterback situation and what you think that does for Michael Thomas and where you have him.
3: I really don't have a whole lot to add here. Uh, I think you guys pretty much covered it. Uh, Jesse mentioned the splits with Taysom Hill, which I was going to bring up. Regardless of who's under center here, whether it's Winston – Hill, if they trade for Bridgewater, whoever it might be, I think that Michael Thomas is going to get absolutely peppered with targets. Um, I have him penciled in for 120, 130 receptions. Remember, going to 17 games, so 130, 140 isn't out of the question. And really, I have him in that back-end wide receiver one range. I'd be pretty comfortable taking him. And then while we're on New Orleans real quick, uh, I tweeted this out a few days ago, but I think it'd be really fun for that offense. The Saints are sitting at 28 overall right now. If they took Terrace Marshall there, um, put him in that big slot role, I think that offense would be a lot of fun to watch.
1: All right, since we got some of the best, you know, smash except guys when it comes to trades, you guys love breaking stuff down. I made two Michael Thomas trades in the last two weeks, so I want you guys to look at these real quick. One of them, I dealt Michael Thomas, and I am a contender. I got Keenan Allen and the 107 in a super flex. John, hit that one up for me first. So what do you guys think of that?
0: Keenan Allen 107, in I think is actually pretty, it's actually pretty, it's pretty strong for a competing team. And uh, you, you need to nail the 107 to make it worthwhile. No, but it, those are, you know, but yeah, those know, are the kind of, of traits know. we like. Yeah, we like that.
1: Yeah, who, who am I talking to? Bob Saget. Right. <laughs> <Dynasty>. <laughs> yeah,
0: you'll get it. You'll get
1: it right. AOT Kings in the house. What's going on? Dave, what do you think? 107 and Keenan Allen. Is Keenan Allen going to put up close enough numbers to Michael Thomas That you know, you guys know, I like to make those insulated trades, right? I talked about trading Hopkins last year, which was a bold move at the time for McLaurin in a first. That first became 102. Now we're talking Keenan Allen and 107. And in this year's class, with four potential quarterbacks going in that top five to six range, I feel like something nice falls.
4: Oh, yeah, that 107 is a nice spot to be in this year. You could end up with Jamar Chase, you could end up with Kyle Pitts. Uh, did I freeze up? Did you guys lose me? Yeah.
1: No, we're good now. We're good.
4: All right. So, so yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot that you can do with the 107. All right. I, I feel like there's a lot you can do with the 107. So I really like it. I think the Keenan Allen is primed for a, you know, great remainder of his career, as long as he can stay tied to Justin Herbert. And then with how hot, top heavy it is with quarterbacks, you can end up with Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, one of those guys at 107. So I, I absolutely love that move. Cause I don't think that the, you know, step down that you're taking from Michael Thomas to Keenan Allen is really all that big.
1: Yeah, Keenan Allen, I mean, we talk about it in multiple episodes. He's one of the cheapest guys you can buy in Dynasty that's going to put up wide receiver one numbers. Um, Jesse and Mung, we'll break down the second one here. I bought Michael Thomas for Cooper Cup and the 202 in a Superflex. Start with you, Jesse. Is that a move that you'd be willing to make?
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that move a lot. Um, 202 is a decent, you know, pick. And Superflex, uh, tight end premium, no tight end premium, tight end or just premium. super flex. Oh, tight end premium, got, so yeah, yeah, I mean, 202 where I, I kind of like to um value that uh tight end, uh, the, the Penn State uh kid, I can't think of his name right now offhand, but uh, you know, I love that move for you, man. Um, for our booth. Thomas is a huge upgrade over Cooper Cup, man, so yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that trade. If you gave up 107, I would have said, eh. but dude, 202, I think that's a great deal for you, man, all day.
1: Ooh, I'm liking the sound of this. Mung, bring it home and say you agree as well.
3: Yeah, I think both of those trades were hashtag smash accepts. I love them. There we go. Um, You know, I like Cooper Cup, but it's a wide drop-off from a guy like Michael Thomas, who's a clear alpha and is going to get, you know, a ton of target volume. We got to bring that cowbell back soon, John. But, I mean, based based off
1: of hearing these kind of trades and what I'm seeing on Twitter, Michael Thomas is a buy. I mean, we're looking at he's still – You know, he's 27 going to turn 28, but he's still a wide receiver one. And so much in the dynasty community over the last maybe two years, it's really switched where Twitter forgets about you, right? You have one bad year and they, they write you off. You're done. And Michael Thomas has been, you know, before this past year was the wide receiver one. He was the guy that everybody wanted Um, in dynasty. How high up would you guys rank him? So we're, we're all in agreement. He's a top 10 wide receiver for 2021. Where do you guys have him in your dynasty rankings?
3: I've got him at seven or eight, so in that back-end wide receiver one range.
4: Yeah, I'm with I'm with Mung. I've got him as a back-end wide receiver one. Um, I, I'm valuing him a lot higher in redraft, but the risk is there that, you know, Drew Brees is what supported him and made him the good player that he was, so there's a lot of risk associated. I'm really liking his outlook for 2021, and, uh, you know, he's a great buy now, and if he can smash it in 2021, it's just going to help his value even that much more. I
1: love it. You know who else is a good value right now? And this is this question is from Hmong. If Arizona foregoes drafting a running back in this in this class, Chase Edmonds is a blank running back. Like what level, what how how high up do you guys see him in rankings? And in blank in value picks. So let's say they completely forego taking a running back. Chase Edmonds is how high in your rankings, guys? John?
0: Yeah, so I I actually put quite a bit of research into Chase Edmonds. so just give me a minute on this one. He was the big winner in free agency, first of all, and it it clearly does come down to the draft. Arizona didn't bring any running backs in. In fact, they upgraded their O-line as well with Rodney Hudson. And so if Arizona doesn't draft a running back in the first two rounds, I think he is a high RB2. And could maybe sneak in as an RB1. Another interesting thing I found out, Arizona does not have a third round pick. So it comes down to pick 16 and 49. And 49 is really going to be the danger zone there for Chase Edmonds' owners. But I think the the big three running backs that we talk about could all be gone by then. So, you know, look, I think the Cardinals do have to bring a running back in. Ultimately, the depth chart is non-existent. It's Eno, Benjamin, Jonathan Ward. And so if they take one and who they take is huge here, but what we've seen is Cliff and Steve Kim come out and totally validate Chase Edmonds. They think he can be a starter. They, they say they want to give him a big opportunity. I uh, saw some guys as recently as today, Mike Clay came out and has him projected as the RB14 for 2021. Mong, I know you said you saw him going in the fourth round of best ball drafts. That's, that's clearly showing the potential there. But uh, for me, I think he th- it's going to come down to touches with with Chase Edmonds. And we, we really haven't seen him get that. He is efficient when he gets it. In fact, on a, a per attempt basis, he was number five in fantasy points per attempt. And in the nine games, when he got double-digit touches last year, he averaged 13.4 points per game. That placed him 17th. So... He, he isn't exactly built to carry the load but um and he has actually actually, he's been banged up so i think that what they're going to probably end up doing is bringing someone else and get a complimentary back situation there but look if he does increase his touches by some and i think we could easily see that happening then yeah i think i'm back to putting him at that high rb2 range and and feeling pretty good about the value there
1: That's great analysis. And I know when we did our running back ranking several months back, he was somebody that you and I both were saying, and among as well, we're like, go out and get this guy, you know, just make an offer right now. He's not the starter now, but if he gets that opportunity, sky's the limit. Dave, how high up would you be willing to rank him if they do not get a day one draft capital or even a day two draft capital in Arizona?
4: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm spot on with John. John said just about everything that I was planning to say. Yeah. Absolutely. knocked that question out of the park, John. Good job. (laughs) Um, but I mean the the big thing is I think that they are going to use that second round pick and address the running back situation. Um, but I, I'd have no problem putting him in as a high-end RB2, you know, uh 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Uh he, he's gonna walk in right now. If the roster doesn't change, he's gonna walk into easily 200 plus carries and have all of the volume in the makings to be a low-end wide receiver one. The problem is, though, he's five foot nine, and when, I don't know when the last time we've seen a workhorse back at that size. So uh, John already alluded to it. Cliff Barry or uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and and Steve Kim they're coming out and saying all these great things about him. Part of me wonders if that's smoke and mirrors for the guys that are drafting behind them that are going to think, well, maybe you know we can wait on yeah. a running back. And and mm-hmm. I think that's smoke and mirrors that they're saying, you know, we're we're content with Chase Edmonds just so that a running back does fall to them with that second round pick.
1: Easy on the five foot nine hate, you know, I mean, Mung put a tweet out there today of uh, Tariq Cohen and Rondale Moore, I believe both being five foot nine. Um, The transition right over to Mung. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And then where do you have Chase Edmonds as far as dynasty value right now? It's kind of tricky, like we have in the Higgins situation where we don't know what they're going to do. Are you are you buying? Are you selling? Are you holding? What are we doing with Edmonds?
3: I think this really comes down to timing because for me, I see this as pretty good news. I'm starting to come around on Edmonds because like John said, Arizona has two top 50 picks, and then they have a fifth round pick and two seventh round picks. So if he clears that second round, then you know he's good to go. My bigger concern right now is that guys like Todd Gurley and James Conner are still floating around in free agency. And we've seen that Arizona is kind of willing to take a chance on some of these older veterans right now. They signed JJY, signed AJ Green to a one-year deal. I could see them taking a flyer on a Connor or Gurley, but if we're entering, you know, the week of the NFL draft, if it's a few days before and they still haven't signed anyone, then I would be pretty bullish on Edmonds. I would have him around RB 20 in redraft. Um, and I would be as as aggressive as potentially paying a late first round pick for him. I do think that he's going to have a pretty high ceiling in that offense if he doesn't see any competition here.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was hoping to hear. Is is I saw in multiple group chats in you know my group me leagues where people are like I'm willing to sell Chase Evans for any first. I'm personally selling for a first if I am at this point. If I can get a first. Anywhere across the board because we're not sure about that situation. Um, Jesse, are you buying? Or are you selling Edmonds here?
2: No, I think uh, you guys all nailed it. Um, I think that the biggest issue with
1: him Isn't is that crazy? he's only like, had we, over. We all keep yeah. saying that, right? Like we're all like stealing each other's notes. Like this is this has been great, you know. Yeah. Like everybody's like just trying to find scraps after going the whole way around, and everybody's just what's stuff. <laughs> <That's what's happening. laughs> we're all getting clugified. Yeah. That's what's happening.
0: We're all getting clugified tonight.
1: That's good. I was actually I was Um, driving home after I said that to you, John, and I was like, I I put on, you know, stupefied, and I was singing Klugified in the car, and anybody that was driving by, they must have been like, "This guy's." I can already see that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, (laughs) that's what I do. I'm the Dynasty Dad. You know, go ahead, Jesse.
2: No, you're good, bro. Um, the the only thing is, he's only had three, three times in his career with over ten carries, three in three years. Not great. He's been productive in those times. What I would do is. Well, if you did, if you listen to you guys, you bought him cheap and then you flip him for the firsts. That's the perfect thing for me. Like I don't want to pay any of the value that is gonna need if he is the guy, right? I don't want to pay that ADP. I have no interest in it. But what I do have interest in is flipping him. Like, why wouldn't you sell him for mid first if you can get one? Sell him for you know a top six pick, top eight pick, and super flex. You know, um, tight end premium. I mean, that's what I would do with him. If you have him on your roster, I mean, it's great. It's a great piece for you because you didn't pay anything for him. And now you have a potential, you know, top 20 RB. So I love that aspect. I'm just not going to buy him. I'll either sell him or hold him. You know, I think that that's where I'm at with him. But if I did have him, you know, like I said, if I can't sell him, I'm perfectly fine with keeping him and potentially locking him in, in the flex or, you know, RB2 spot.
1: Yeah, we all like the player. It's just like Dave said, historically speaking, from his size, what you've said, historically speaking, he hasn't had the workload. You know, some of those things could possibly be a sell. Mung just left because he, we said that, but all right. This so is a next, that he's, Shame. he's like, I'm out. <laughs> oh, there he is. He's back. All right. So two questions here to end out the podcast. And this has been a blast so far. We'll start with you, Dave. And we'll go around. What free agent will have the biggest impact? on his team this year. And as far as fantasy speaking, that's, all right. well, I first, all, the first
4: of all, I, I apologize if I'm stealing anyone's thunder here. Cause I feel like somebody else is going to have this answer, but uh, Kenny Galladay is going to completely reshape the New York giants roster. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I used the term alpha receiver earlier when talking about uh, Kenny Galladay or I'm sorry, when talking about T Higgins, but Kenny Galladay absolutely fits into that as well. Uh, last year, Evan Ingram led the team in targets, which is just embarrassing. Sterling Shepard was forced to play as a wide receiver one, and that's not who he is. So with Sterling Shepard going back to being a wide receiver two, uh, that's going to be great for him. Uh, Being lower on the totem pole is going to help Evan Ingram bounce back, I think, although I'm not as crazy about that. But Daniel Jones, his strength is throwing the deep ball, and that's where Galladay thrives. So you've got Saquon Barkley coming back. That's going to open up even more opportunity for him. I think that Kenny Galladay is just going to completely reshape that team. I think that that impact that he made is going to be astronomical, and I've got Kenny Galladay slotted in as a low-end wide receiver one next year.
1: So right. we, were, we had Ryan McDowell on two weeks ago, and him and I both had taken Daniel Jones in a, in the Scott Fishbowl, and we were both excited about it can we see right now Daniel Jones super flex value is completely suppressed I mean is this somebody that could bounce back with with Gallaudet with Saquon back I mean what are you willing to buy in on Daniel Jones yet
4: absolutely I'm buying so much Daniel Jones as much as I can this offseason I think that uh you know he's a great value right now he struggled last year but I mean like I said Sterling Shepard was his number one receiver and wasn't even really the number one pass catcher. Evan Ingram was the number one pass catcher. And then they had a mix of Wayne Gallman and Devonta Freeman and all these other guys coming out of the backfield. So I think that when you already have Daniel Jones, who's a pretty talented quarterback, and now you get to, you know, I I believe he's heading into year three now, and then you just plug in Saquon Barkley and you plug in Kenny Galladay, I'm absolutely buying Daniel Jones. I feel like just about any quarterback could succeed with that offense around him.
1: Yeah, and, and Steffi Smalls paid me to try to get you to say something nice about Daniel Jones. You know,
4: I'm sure she did. <laughs>
1: John, who's your buy? Who's your biggest buy bi when it comes to this yeah. free agent? The biggest impact from this free agent class?
0: Well, first of all, Dave's making me kind of regret selling my Kenny G concert tickets right? after that. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost like ready to start buying up Kenny G after hearing that. Um, I, I do think he's going to play some sweet music there with Daniel Jones, and and Dave's got me rethinking maybe making some buys there. Actually, I'm I'll throw it back over to our, our boy Dave here in, in his honor tonight. Alan Robinson just re-signing with Chicago. He's you know hard to see, but, and I actually doubted Dave on this. I think that we actually debated this on a pod, and I was telling Dave it, it wasn't going to happen, but it it did, and Dave nailed it. And he just does so much for that franchise. I, I don't even. Really think you can understate that, and if imagine Dave, if they actually do find a way to bring in a quarterback and Alan Robinson is still there, that would be just so much fun to watch. I wish that so much for Alan Robinson, but look, like Dave said, doesn't matter who's throwing to him. Andy Dalton is an upgrade. It is truly the best quarterback he's played with. Yeah, and, and so that's <laughs> sorry, sad. <David. laughs> that is so I'm sad. To- you know, I was like, trying not to laugh. I was trying not to laugh Just get through that sentence.
1: but John, I'm um, picturing this, like we have a, a picture of Alan Robinson, like, Hey, I'm waiting for my best quarterback. And then we show a picture of him, like with Tom Hanks from Castaway with the beard and everything growing out, still waiting, you know, it's, let's, it's not, let's happen. make that happen.
0: Yeah. Let's start working on that. But uh, you know, I, I, I think that that is um, for me that the big one.
1: Yeah. We, we were all hoping to free Alan Robinson, but you know, as a bears fan, I'm sure you're, you're thrilled to still have Allen Robinson there for sure. Well,
4: Well, the other thing is everyone's saying, you know, free Allen Robinson and yeah, he could have gone and played with a better quarterback, but there aren't many positions where he's going to be, you know, just, just as much of the wide receiver one as he is. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I I like Darnell Mooney, but he's not going to really cut into his target share at all. So for fantasy purposes, this might really be one of the best spots for, for Allen Robinson. It's a great point.
1: For sure. Jesse, who won free agency for you?
2: You know who I think it is? I think it's Tua, honestly. Um, I love what Miami's doing. Um, I'm not the biggest Will Fuller fan in terms of actual fantasy, you know, player. I I never buy him. But I love the aspect of adding Will Fuller, right? And then they have pick six. They have pick 18. They're going to add another weapon. I really like Tua, man. He was was left for dead. They thought that they were going to draft their quarterback. They moved back to six. Well, whatever, 12, then back up to six, whatever it was. And yeah, I I really think that he's a really good buy in two QB leagues, man, you know, super flex, whatever. Um, yeah, Tua. As odd as that kinda is because you know, people kind of you know, flying over his carcass all off season. But yeah, I'm 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 a fan love of that Tua one
0: right now. Yes, yeah, T King still on? Thanks, loving that in Miami right now with Tua. Yeah. I I I love
1: that one, Jesse. Yeah, we've we've been all over to Jesse, you and I have been, you know, we're in a group chat with Goat District and a bunch of other guys, uh, Dynasty Outhouse, when it comes to collecting cards. And we reference this sometimes. But two right. was one of my biggest buys. Like I bought a ton of them. I just bought a PSA 10 optic uh, hollow today of him because I feel like they're going to bring in more nice. weapons and two is going to have that opportunity. You know what I mean? So I love that for my card industry. Right. But Mung, who is your free agent win right now?
3: Mike, you're going to love this one. Uh, for me, it's not so much a signing uh, as two departures. And those two departures are Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. Uh, we talked about Michael Thomas getting absolutely peppered with targets. It would not shock me if A.J. Brown gets close to 150 yes. catches this year. Yes, I mean, it can the, the Titans want to run that offense through Derrick Henry, But their defense was pretty awful last year, and they really didn't do a whole lot to fix that this offseason. I don't see, you know, barring injury, I don't see any way that A.J. Brown finishes the season with less than at least 120, 130 catches.
1: So usually you guys throw the shade and say I love Drew Locke, but every episode I say how much I love A.J. Brown. Jesse might be the only person that loves him more. Jesse, A.J. Brown is your dynasty wide receiver, and my answer is where's yours? One. That's what. That's one what I'm talking one.
2: about. You can't, wow. I ha- you can't go I higher him, than one, bro.
1: That yeah. I had him as wide receiver one for a couple months, and people have been talking yeah. trash on it. The dude is going to yeah. get peppered this year. It's hard I mean, to argue right now. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah.
4: Dude, I, I just took him as the I, first I, wide receiver off the board in a startup last week, and I, I, I've got no regrets whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's we've done four startups. I've uh, got him as. I took him in all four. I did trade him in one, but I gave. I gave up AJ Brown in the one oh nine for Christian McCaffrey, and I was like, I just ran with it, so I was okay. <laughs> it kind of went against, the, you know, when you're playing in a listener league and people are are taking the guys that they they think you're going to take. You know, it's like AJ Brown, someone I was trying to get everywhere. Um, completely in the same topic, but a little bit different. What under the radar signing is the community not talking enough about? You know, we we all talk about those big names, but Dave, who's that one guy that we just aren't paying enough attention to
4: and this one I almost feel kind of dirty saying it because I was kind of giving people crap about it the day of the signing but Mike Davis in Atlanta could be a sneaky good move for fantasy players he's kind of in that same territory with Chase Edmonds where I think that they're going to end up addressing that in the draft but uh, for the sake of conversation let's imagine that they don't Todd Gurley punched in nine rushing touchdowns last season. So playing indoors for over half your games, having Julio Jones, having Calvin Ridley to stretch the field, that's just a dream for running backs. So I don't think that he's an especially great running back, but sometimes you've just got to look at the opportunity. And right now, the opportunity is there. Brian Hill, Edo Smith, they aren't really going to threaten his workload all that much. So uh, Mike Davis is a guy that I'm really, really liking right now.
1: Yeah, our listeners know we've we've been hyping up Mike Davis a lot and as soon as he signed with Atlanta, like I didn't even see it, but my league mates, I had five different trades of people trying to get Mike Davis. If you want Mike Davis and that's your your guy, don't make an offer straight up for Mike Davis. Try to get Mike Davis added in somewhere. You know, a lot of times you throw that out there and you're like, "What do you want for Mike Davis?" and then people are like, "Wait, what?" You know, they're like, trying to figure that out, right? But then you you pick another guy on their roster and you say you want this guy And then they come back with you and be like, why don't you just, if you can add in Mike Davis, we'll call it a deal. You know, and he has the opportunity. We saw what he did. I mean, he was a borderline RB1 with McCaffrey out, put him in Atlanta, same kind of thing. John. That's
0: awesome. That was like that moment at the end of the Full House episode where like Bob Saget steps in and gives like the life lesson for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was just what happened just now. You're dropping knowledge. What, um, what's
1: the other, what's the other uncle? You know, I like we got, I, we got uncle Jesse in the uncle corner. Joey. I think Are I'm you, uncle
0: Joey. Joey. You, After, you, I, I, I do the forced <laughs> jokes and everybody, yeah, you know, like a couple
1: weeks. laughter coming in. A couple of weeks back, you were my doppelganger. Now you're clean shaven, like Uncle yeah. Joey. We'll get that in there. Yeah. I don't even—I don't remember he had a catchphrase. Maybe you do, but you know we can date or look it up even more. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. But if you I'm could maybe a, a marathon when this is over
0: during the edit, though, if you, every time I say something, you could put the audience laughter getting piped in, <laughs> like they used to do. That'd be great. Uh, no, all right. So, in all seriousness, my guy here, Chris Carson, perennially underrated. No one's ever talking about him. Resigns in Seattle. And I'm t- quality RB two. Is
1: that is that a fire alarm? Um, is, is- yeah, <laughs>
0: I I got people uh, just loving that take. They were just blowing me up there. Uh, no, Chris Carson. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this video that he put out. He won up the Derrick Henry push up video with the chain and the uh, the band, and he he did it with one foot. So uh, I almost want to challenge the. FF fit community. Could anybody replicate what Chris Carson did or one up Chris Carson? Uh, but he's a beast. He's tough. He, uh, of course, Seattle wants to get back to running the ball again. You know, Russ is getting kicked out of the kitchen. It's not going to be cooking as much. He's going to be handing the ball to Chris Carson. And remember, 2019, he cranked out 1,500 total yards, nine touchdowns, even in limited action in uh, 12 games, about this past year, he still put up a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. He's involved in the receiving game, and he's going to be the, perhaps the centerpiece of the Seattle offense as much as we kind of hate to see it for Russell Wilson. So, talk about a value buy. He's his ADP. If you look at it, and and wh- what you can get him for is still very cheap for what I what I believe will be a maybe even a high end RB two for this coming season. So that's mine.
1: I like it. From Uncle Joey to Uncle Jesse, who's your biggest – what's the one signing that no one's talking about?
2: I I had a tough time with this question when you asked it because a lot of guys kind of went back to their homes. There there was – I really like what – I'm a Charger fan. I really love what the Chargers did this offseason. It's not sexy. They added two offensive linemen. And – we don't talk about offensive line enough only in the sense of, you know, Cincinnati with, um, you know, left tackle. But they did add Riley Reif. Um, I don't know how good he is at this point in his career. But anyway, the Chargers added a center. They made him the most uh, – the highest paid center in the league. And they added a right tackle. I really like that, man. You're going to get a, a bump from, you know, Eckler. You're going to get a bump from Burrow – I mean, I'm sorry, um, Herbert. You kind of want to keep that intact. It, it's not sexy, but I, I had a really tough time with this question. And another – I like Juju back in pit, uh, honestly. I think that that's another kind of underrated one. Um, you know, just I think that, you know, he's going to be locked into 100, you know, 120 catches. And, uh, you know, I think that does put a little damper on uh, Deontay Johnson and them. But, yeah, I like Juju back in pit. That one was a little hard for me. I don't know. You guys made you know, some great ones, but <laughs> I don't know if I came with that that one too great.
1: <laughs> All right. Mung, who's your guy? Who's that one signing I know you usually get those guys. You did it all year long, and we got so many positive compliments about, you know, Mung's like, hey, take a look at this guy. This is the guy. These are the guys you want to pick up, you know, and and you nailed it. I'm putting pressure on you, but who's that guy right now?
3: Yeah, I'll do a, a few quick hits. I won't talk too much about any of them, but uh, Kalen Blush. I mean, if Pittsburgh somehow doesn't draft a running back, I could see him getting some goal line work. Uh, to Jesse's point, he showed a little bit with the Chargers last year. Um, You know, Dave already took Mike Davis, so enough said there. Uh, This morning, the Bengals released Gio Bernard, so that means Samaje Pirine, who they just re-signed for two years, might be the backup to own if Joe Mixon were to miss some time. Uh, These guys are all super cheap. Tevin Coleman, I know his name is mud now, but you can get him for a fourth, something like that. Uh, He went over to the Jets with Mike LaFleur coming over from San Francisco. He knows the system, so there's a chance that he could start uh, 2021. And then Daryl Williams. The Chiefs released Damian Williams. Uh, he's the number two right now. He should get quite a bit of work alongside Ceh.
1: Got to stay active in your dynasty leagues right now. And those are the kind of moves you make, trying to get those guys added on. I, I promise we'd keep it close to an hour because Dave, I know you got some other other commitments. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I I appreciate it. You know we we love how much you're doing in the dynasty community. Again, why don't you tell everybody what you have going on and where they can find you.
4: Hey, you can find me at football guys and fantasy pros. You could also find me on Friday afternoons going live. We've got a a really fun, you know, group of guests coming up. Not really a football show, more of like a get to know an analyst type show. But uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore FF.
1: John, great to have you back on again. You know, no one brings the dad jokes like when we're both on here. You know, everybody, all the other guests run away and they make fun of us afterwards. But yeah, we bring the heat yeah we 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 all the
0: forced jokes the puns we'll keep bringing it and uh, I love it i I think it's safe to say we all got klugified tonight. a lot of fun dave thanks for coming. You can find me right now on twitter at dynasty underscore trades and love mixing it up with the community. I love just seeing when someone in the community like dave does does take off that's the kind of stuff that i I'm about um helping you out with trades, your teams. And uh, just again, love being back here with with the full house crew. I'll say tonight,
1: <laughs> the, we're not we're not changing the name <laughs> of the podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> just picturing just playing that with it. I want it, John. We we talk about this all the time, but I want to get a video edit of like all of that, you know like they do for the sure. intro of the song. You know what yeah. I mean? As they're going down San Francisco, and then no
0: question, yeah,
1: get get Uncle Jesse's face on there, mm-hmm. Jesse. It was great having you on again. Why don't you tell everybody what you got going on and where they can find you as well.
2: I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's a blast. I love chopping it up, man. All group chats, hilarious and fun, man. And it's always knowledgeable, man. I always learn a little bit from you guys. So, uh, you know, I look forward to always getting on. Um, I'll probably be doing some Rookie Spotlight again uh, with uh, the Fantasy Authority. I'll do that again. Um, And you guys can find me at Dynasty Humble Senior. You know, send over your questions, anything. I'm always, you know, I don't don't sleep at night. I work overnight. So if you ever just have any questions or just want to talk, man, I'm around. And, uh, yeah, man. It was uh, fun chatting it up, and, uh, you know, it was a blast, man. And thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and you just said, John, you said guys that are you kind know, of blowing up and doing things in the, in the community. I mean, Mung, you're all over the place on Twitter, and, and you're you're killing it as well. Why don't you tell everybody, you know, where they can find you and anything else that's popping up here in the next week or so?
3: Yeah, it was great talking to Dave and Jesse again, and as always, Mike and John, you guys as well. But uh, I love these roundtable type chats where we can kind of just riff off each other. I hope we do more of these. Um, As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, I just put out my first round of Superflex Rookie Rankings. You can check that and all my other stuff out at Fantrax. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
1: Thanks again for tuning into the smash except podcast and enjoy the process.